Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Sunday, my friends. Yes, yeah, Sunday now. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcast with me, host Andy Goldstein. And of course, you can check me out on Drive all next week from 4 p. I think, I think Ben, no, he is. Benty's back next week. How about that? Me and Benny reunited. Your secret love. <clears throat> anyway, now the Lionesses World Cup campaign got underway yesterday as they took on Haiti in their opening group game in Brisbane. Here's how it sounded on TalkSport. about half past seven in the evening in northeastern Australia. We are in the middle of the winter, about 14, 15 degrees. The Lionesses are down under for the 2023 World Cup and they are in it to win it. Lauren Hemp has played the ball through the middle and it's only half cleared and the low shot by Russo is gathered by the goalkeeper. First real chance of the match for England. There's a lot of pressure on Alessia Russo in this game because obviously we spoke a lot about a team selection before. Would Rachel Daly start or would Alessia Russo start? Here they come though, Haiti on the attack. It's a play through the middle towards Borgella and she rolls the ball wide. Well, what an opportunity that is for the massive underdogs today. Hands on hips, up against the goalkeeper, Teos. Here goes Georgia Stanway, right footed for England and it's saved! Saved by the goalkeeper! What a stop by Teos! She signalled it, it's being retaken. Well, it's an offence by the goalkeeper, we're told, so we can only assume that the goalkeeper was off her line, and she was. What drama on talk sport. Stanway will take the penalty, take two from the spot, right-footed, and this time she scores. Take two. Georgia Stanway makes no mistake, rolls it into the bottom corner, and England are off and running at the Women's World Cup. Inside left channel for Haiti, and now it's brought down by Mondesir, edge of the penalty area. She sets up, Eloassot! Good save by Herbs! Mary Herbs has kept England's advantage in game one of the World Cup. What a stop that was, left leg outstretched. That is exactly why she is the best goalkeeper in the world, because that was a brilliant save. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant save. And now the referee does blow the full-time whistle. A strange end, but a win is a win, and England are off and running at the 2023 Women's World Cup. After seeing that type of performance, 
it wasn't the best. And Serena Vigman will know that. The players will know that. We can see images of them now. You know, they're not they're going to celebrate the win, but they won't be celebrating it in the way we've seen them celebrate before because they know the performance wasn't good enough. England's women manager, Serena Vigman, spoke with TalkSport's Courtney Sweetman-Kirk straight after the game. Of course, I'm very happy with the three points. That's the most important thing. I think Haiti was a very hard opponent to play against. I'm happy with a couple of things and also um, things that, that, yeah, that were hard for us. I think it was a very hard game for us. Um, we had possession a lot of the time, but as soon as we lost the ball, they were so fast and quick in the counter-attack and that caused us a couple of problems. Um, I do think we could have made ourselves a little easier to, uh, to score the second goal. Uh, we created chances. Um, we came the second half a little better than the first half. Um, but um, yeah, we didn't score that second one and then it, it, it stays tight. And then I'm relieved it was done. And you said in your press conference you did your due diligence on, on Haiti. You were expecting you know, a good performance from them, but they were, were very good. Were you expecting that level of performance? Well, yeah, we said they were unpredictable. We said they were very transitional um, and uh, unpredictable. And that's exactly what they were. Um, what they showed, they were really quick. Like we, in possession, we were struggling to stay out of the duels and, and they were very physical too. So, yeah, maybe that was even better than we, than we expected. But then you have to feel that when you play against them. Um, I think our analyses were good. It's just then to experience on the pitch, uh, th that's the first moment that you realise how it matches up with us. Yeah, in terms of maybe getting exposed a little bit on the counter-attack, is that something you're worried about going into Denmark? And, and maybe that they're looking at that, thinking that is a way to exploit England? Yeah, well, I think um, also Denmark, I think they will be very tight in defence and uh, try to go on the counter-attack. Um, we are aware of that all the time because every opponent we play against, especially the last period, they are very tight. They drop a little deeper. They give the the the, the, um, uh, the ball to us, and then they try to um, to get a lot of space behind our defense and win it, and then go for the counter attack. So, so that's not very different. Um, we just want to be a little tighter on the ball. England women's striker Alicia Russo also caught up with Courtney Sweetman-Kirk after her side's narrow win. Job done, three points on the board, which is the most important thing in tournament football. But yeah, lots to build on from today. Um, I think we could have managed moments a little bit better. Um, and yeah, I think we'll go back, learn on it, reflect on it and be ready for Denmark. And there's been a lot of noise around who's going to start in that number nine role. It, it was you for today. How did you feel and, and did you relish you know, having that on your back? Yeah, I think there's so much competition all over this squad and we all know that the bar's so high so you just got to perform in training and when you get your moments you've got to take them and yeah, I mean, every time I step out and play for England I love it and I'll leave my heart on the pitch so um, yeah, lots to build on today and, and we get ready for Denmark now. And in terms of, you know, the performance has got to improve but, you know, maybe fans and media alike, have we maybe getting a little bit too carried away? Um, in terms of because of the success have you had, is it the fact that now, you know, yes, it, it's not the best start, but you want to you know, beat your best at the end of the tournament, not now? Yeah, I think it's exactly that. And I think, yeah, there's always noise coming from the outside. But I think what's really special about this group is that we stick together and all that matters is the opinions in the dressing room and from the staff. Um, and we're confident. Um, we'll go back to training. We'll work hard. We'll be better um, and we'll learn from things. And 
yeah, tournament's about momentum, so we just got to keep moving forward. And in terms of those opinions in the dressing room at half time, whether it you know be your teammates, whether it be the coaching staff, what what were their thoughts? What exactly did they they want you to improve on? Yeah, I think we have so much experience in the team and obviously in the staff as well that you just got to trust in what they say. And I think that we wanted to kind of press them a little bit more, um, stop them playing long because that's where their threats come from. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we nullified that as best as we could. Um, and then, yeah, in possession, just be slightly tighter on the ball um, and create more more chances. But I think towards the end of the game, you could see that we were creating connections all over the pitch. So, um, yeah, lots to lots to move on going forward. And just lastly, a thought on the fans. They've obviously travelled en masse halfway around the world. A lot of England fans in the stadium tonight. I mean, did that surprise you? Or do you know, you know how good that, that the fans are that follow you around the world? They're amazing and they're so special to us and we love hearing them. They were so loud tonight um, and yeah, it really, really spurs us on and they're our 12th player in the stadium and we love them um, and we can't wait to see them all next week. And a reminder, you can catch up on all the action every day of the Women's World Cup on TalkSport Daily Women's World Cup podcast, available wherever you get your potties from. On now to the ashes and here's a roundup of yesterday's rain-affected play with John Norman and Steve hammy Harmison. I don't really want to be critical because I know how difficult these days are as a player. But to go on the field when you've got literally Armageddon in the skies and it's as, it's as black and as bleak as anything in that. The atmosphere is as, as heavy as what it's... And you might have an old ball. It might be soft. And it might not be moving. But yeah, the, you've, got a, you've got a honing on off stump. You've really got to get your best chance of getting a wicket rather than... I think England in bowling conditions were hoping for a wicket tonight in some parts of that and it wasn't until Joe Root and Moen Ali got on that the spin option it seemed to be the best way because you know Mark bowled four overs you know Wokes you know wasn't he wasn't that effective you know Jimmy and Brody had their go but you're thinking just run up and hit the top of off stump and if Marnus plays the way he, he has done and he defends it, well then, fair play to him. He's a top, top player, but give yourselves the best chance of having catches in. I just thought we were hoping to get a wicket tonight rather than going after it. Yeah, I'll go with that. It was a funny old day today, Harmy. Um, look, uh, a lot of people didn't uh, turn up today. The forecast was bleak throughout, uh, unrelentingly bleak. But fair play to those that did stick around. I reckon the ground was about two-thirds full, but it was quiet, really quiet, and the pitch seemed flat. First over by Jimmy Anderson, went gun barrel straight. Um, and I don't know whether England just chopped and changed a little bit too much, whether they uh, they were forced out of their rhythms. You must you must know what it's like. There's so much pressure on England to get those wickets, and they couldn't deliver. But it was a, it was a real sad day, to be honest. Real sad. Um, and look, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The forecast is really, really poor. But... I'm not quite sure England gave it uh, their best shot today. They're probably walking away thinking maybe we let the occasion and the importance of every single delivery weigh a little bit heavy on us. I don't know. On to the only four-letter sport that starts with a T. Yeah, golf. You'll work it out. And, of course, the third round of the Open took place yesterday. Here's John Rahm speaking to the media after shooting a course record 63 to put himself firmly in contention. I mean, I think it stands for itself. It's pretty obvious. My lowest round on a Lynx golf course, and it's an open championship, right? So, uh, also the lowest round shot on this course. Yeah, I mean, it feels really good, but it's a lot of work to do tomorrow. I don't know how to say it exactly. It feels really, really good, right? But we practice so hard, and 
at least a lot of us expect certain things and it's almost like okay this is it gets to a point where it's like what you visualize in your head and it's like what you see is supposed to happen right like oh if i do this properly i'm gonna hit it here maybe do this and and it doesn't happen often where you see those shots come out and all those shots come out the way they're supposed to and put them in the, in the spot you're supposed to, right? It's, I know it's weird to say, but it's like you see everything the way it's supposed to happen unfold, and that's very unusual. Now, former Wolves and Republic of Ireland manager Mick McCarthy joined Natalie Sawyer and Tony Cascarino on the weekend sports breakfast show and told them why he expects a lot of top managers to go to the Saudi league. Can I blame them for taking the money? No, mm. it's the... Families, the kids, the grandkids, the great-grandkids are made for life with some of the deals that they'll be getting. Uh, would I say I'm not going to take it? Not a chance, you know. It's, mm. uh, would I tell you if somebody comes and offers me millions to do it? I know. It's hard not to. And but besides which, they talk about, uh, you know, what their country's like. Oh, we're not better than everybody else here, you know. People make mistakes and the mm. government make mistakes. And so I just think it's sometimes it's... People judge others on what they're going to do yeah. when, if they've got the opportunity themselves, they'd be hightailing it out of here on the, on the plane. So it's easy to judge people when you're never going to get asked. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just, I don't think the football is going to be, they'll miss the football. They'll miss the intensity of the Premier League. They'll miss the competition of the Premier League. They'll miss the competition of the Champions League, the European competitions. It's not going to be like that. And if, for all the money they're getting, I can't believe they're going to enjoy it like they've enjoyed mm. the Premier League. So do you think that's the same from a manager's perspective as well? You know, we've got Steven Gerrard, Fulham boss Marco Silva's been linked with a move there as well. Uh, I would... You know, if you go and win it, if you won it as a manager, yeah. it, playing it is the thing. I mean, some of the games, they're not going to be anything like the Premier League. The intensity of it, I don't know what the crowds are like. I can't really talk about it. Cars and athletes, I don't know that much about it. I just sure. think him personally... The Premier League's amazing. And and they'll find players that will come in and they'll set the Premier League on fire. And those that have gone, they'll have gone and I think they'll be forgotten. Mm. I mean, you've spoken really honestly and openly there. I think you're absolutely right about the majority of people, given that opportunity, would yeah. go out there. Because it is life-changing at the end of the day. And we've said that before already, really. Yeah, oh. we've had that conversation yeah. many a time of, you know... <laughs> We all like to pretend to ourselves that we are oh, morals and principles and you, then it's put in front of you. And Mick used the line there, well, a lot of people would say no, they wouldn't because they'll never be in that opportunity of saying yes because yeah. they won't be asked. Yeah. So it's a, a lot of other sports have followed. It's not just football. This is, you know, this has happened with golf. It's happened with boxing. The mm. same questions. And it's basically saying that if this office, everyone in here, if they all got offered 10 times, 50 times their money, unfortunately... It's human nature. Most people would go yes. That's generally what people move on from out of jobs. Yeah, and even the, even yeah. when you love a job, somebody comes and offers you double your money, five times, or ten times your money. You know, that's that's what entices you out of a job mm. to another job. And so, I think self righteous people actually sit and say, "Oh, I would, I wouldn't do that." No, I know you wouldn't. You're never going to get asked. So you never <laughs> get the opportunity. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Darren Ambrose and Dan Windle were joined by French football journalist Eric Bielderman on the Transfer Insider Show for all the very latest on the Mbappe drama. On the transfer market at the moment, how can you convince great players to come to Paris Saint-Germain? Because they don't even know with who they will play in and what will be uh, the structure of the club and the structure of the player. Look at Luis Enrique, uh, the manager of uh, Paris Saint-Germain, the new one. How can he prepare his team and his uh, and uh, uh, the balance of uh, of his uh, of his dressing room without knowing if he will have Mbappé or not, it's incredible. Eric, what about, we've spoken about the supporters and 90% back the club. What about the, the, the players? Has anyone spoken publicly about their feelings towards this situation? No, no one will, uh, will speak uh, publicly because uh, it's, a, it's a nuclear uh, situation. So no one will, uh, will gamble uh, to express his view. Uh, what I've, uh, I've been told, but I, I'm not, even not sure this is, uh, this is true. It's from uh, Paris Saint-Germain. They say that uh, six players, among them a couple of uh, new ones, have written uh, to the club to express their bitterness and, un- and, and misunderstanding mm. about uh, Mbappé behaviour. But uh, I can't believe that during the holidays, uh, six players suddenly decide, oh, we are going to make a letter mm. and to give a, call, a phone call. This is just PR stuff from Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, just to try to put pressure and to show that the dressing room is upset. But I do believe that most people of the dressing room are upset about the situation. That's obvious. Well, um, in your opinion, what's the end game for, for Kylian Mbappe? How will this end? Well, can anyone in world football afford him? <laughs> yes, of course. Only, only I think, Saudi. Uh, if, uh, if, if a Saudi... And you, uh, well, but... Realistically, that is, that is an option for Kylian Mbappe yes. at this point in his career. I don't think it's an option, but if uh, 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 Paris Saint-Germain says we want to sell it, whatever happens, or we sell you, or you stay on the bench, we, we are at the end of August. Um, Real Madrid says uh, in his mind, we wait next season because we will have him not for free, but uh, with just a, a bonus of 80 or 100 million to Mbappé instead of paying 200 million to Paris Saint-Germain. The only possibility is first to go to uh, for one season and where can you go for one season for 200 million uh, transfer fee only a saudi club will afford to do that and in the meantime that will help 
Mbappe to play football. But what kind of quality football? We don't have to forget that in a year time. First, we have the Euro 2024, where France is uh, needing uh, desperately Mbappe. And then Mbappe was a strong candidate to play for France for the Olympic Games straight after the Euro. So oh, these two points, I would say uh, they can even make uh, uh, the French government, the French president and the French Football Association and all the, the, the French uh, power uh, to put the, the, the major pressure that they can to solve the Mbappé problem. Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app, wherever you get your podcasts from. Of course, there will be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts at first in the morning. Do what you got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day. But we'll be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.